Hey everyone, welcome to The Legal Life, episode 8. My name is Sam Shinazi. They call me Schnaz. I'm here, well, I'm not actually here with my friend Nathan Brooks, but my friend Brooksy is across the city of Sydney. We're on Skype, we're experimenting with this podcast stuff. Brooksy, how you doing, brother? Good, mate. Not the first time you've called me at uh, 10 p.m. on Skype before. No. So you've got some clothes on this time. I thought it was only right. Yeah, it's good to hear you. Uh, I haven't seen you in a while. You've been off work, so... How has your week been? Gearing up for the NBL finals. I've had Wednesday and Thursday off, so been down the beach, been keeping up with the rugby league world. Mate, not so much. It's just been, been chilling out and enjoying the break. How about yourself? Oh, I've had uh, yeah a couple of weeks off work and um, a bit of family time, shall we say? So it's been yeah. it's been good. I watched the Auckland Nines, which was fantastic. What a great exhibition that is for rugby league! Surprise, Parramatta won the won the tournament. What about that? Yeah, I think what was the last time they won a trophy was the Sevens back in two thousand and three. I think Marsh was uh, MVP of the tournament and. Mate, they they played really well. I, they, I think they lost their first game. They really put on a show, and it sort of built to the final where they absolutely rolled the Warriors. Uh, they looked good. They got some really good outside backs. Some of them we've already known about, and some of them we obviously found out for the first time. Bevan French. Wow. Eight tries. It's a pretty good effort. Um, he's related to Nathan Blacklock and Preston Campbell. So a couple of tries scored in that family tree uh, over the course of the last decade or so. But, um, yeah, Parramatta put in a really good performance, and congratulations to the club. Absolutely. Uh, there was a lot of players that came out of that tournament that um, really shone uh, for their respective clubs. You just have to go. Even you look at the Warriors, there was a couple of guys. Uh, Solomon Qatar was really good. He loves that style of play and you see when he does play NRL that he he likes the free-flowing um he forgets he forgets to tackle a little bit too yeah yeah yeah. that's all he he was really good for him Nathaniel Roach was a young guy that that played pretty well yeah it was it was interesting the Warriors going so close yet again in that tournament they just couldn't get it done and I, I wonder when it will happen and it's almost it's almost like we have the tournament so the Warriors can win it but they haven't done it yet. Yeah, third year in a row. They've sort of bowed out, I think, the semis, the quarters, and now the finals. I, what I really was looking for with the Warriors was how RTS and Sean Johnson combined. Some of that play down the left side was just unbelievable. I, I shudder to think what's going to happen throughout the year. If they can hold some sort of consistency in attack, and, you know, once they get in that opposition 20, they're going to be hard to stop, those two combining. Uh, yeah, Parramatta, like, getting back to them, I thought I thought Corey Norman was deserved in winning the um, MVP player of the tournament. Yep. He was quite good for them. And I think him with uh, Foran is going to be an interesting combination. I, I still don't know um, how that's going to work. I like that Foran might have that more solid running game that he'll provide from 5'8". But Corey Norman, like, yeah, he was good. He, the unpredictability of Corey Norman was really good, but I don't know if that's going to work in terms of the combination in the NRL. Like, I'm not saying it won't. I just, I, I'm going to have to see a couple of trials, maybe a couple of rounds at NRL. I'm not putting down anyone here. I thought he had a really good tournament. Parramatta deserved to win. I go back to 2015 Auckland Nines and, 
almost the player of the tournament, I kid you not, was Blake Ashford. And he barely played first grade since then. And I, my point is it's a really hard meter to gauge, I think, the, the nines. And it's not to say that it's not a worthwhile competition because I, I love it. I thought it was great. But it is very much a touch football competition for me and uh, emphasis on attack. There were definitely some stars that were born from that. I mean, as you said, Bevan French was outstanding. And it's not to say those guys couldn't make first grade every week. They probably can, probably will. How about you, Nostradamus? Yeah. Curtis Scott. Look, another team that I really enjoyed watching was Melbourne. And again, I, I wasn't... There's some facets of nines that you do you do look at as a yardstick for NRL. Like, I, the broken play, for one, is um, something that I look at when I'm watching nines. And some of the tries that Melbourne scored, like Blake Green, he played really well. He, he was very structured. He, I can see some... I can see him having another good season with the Storm. And those backs, like Munster, unfortunately got injured, but look, he, he looked really good. And you, we're hearing that there's probably going to be a contract extension in the next couple of weeks for him that's going to be in excess of, I think, $2 million for four years. So they're really keen on wrapping him up. But yeah, like I was referring to with the Nostradamus, no, yes. Kurtz, Curtis Scott, didn't he really stand out? I watched him at the very much the lower level of the Cronulla Sharks. He was in the uh, Jersey Flag S- SG ball competitions. He single-handedly, as unfair as this is to say to the other players, won them the national title last year and then went on to play under-20s and dominate in that. I can tell you this for a fact, that Cronulla offered him the most money they've offered, shall we say, an 18-year-old in the history of their club, and Melbourne... Outbid them. Yeah, a lot of Cronulla fans now are blowing up saying, how could you let this guy go? It's like, well, they didn't let him go. They just couldn't keep him. And if you if you look at their back line for the next sort of two or three years, it's fairly kind of set out. But that's when you have to ask questions like, well, this kid will be good for another 12 years or whatever. So it's, it's a hard one. But Melbourne have definitely got a, a superstar in the making right there. That was something that I was flagging with you in terms of, probably being an issue with the outside backs when we previewed the Storm. You've got Slater, you've got Munster, you've got Kronk, you've got Chambers, and then you're going to throw, the with Corabiti, you're going to throw maybe, you know, these two guys in with regards to Richard Kenner and Curtis Scott. And that's a that's a pretty formidable uh, back line there, just going off the back of the nines, you know, and that's... You know, the question that we asked in the Storm preview is, will the Storm be on the decline? I can't see it. No. Nah. You know, some of those guys, that those no-names as such, performed really well in the nines, and I think, they, I think they've gone up in my rankings after just watching the nines. Um, yeah, there's a lot of teams, Brooksy, that have a lot of depth in some key positions and places on the field. And, you know, I think about your Dragons, I think about my Sharks, I look at the Melbourne back line, there's going to be some pretty handy first graders not playing regularly week to week. One, and we did, again, I hate tooting out horns with what we've been saying with the previews, but Sam Williams at Canberra, I can't believe he won't be a starting half in the NRL this year. How's he not going to play? This is, this is something I know, I have no problems with Canberra having Caesar and Austin there, but teams needing a half need to really look at Canberra and go, Look this and hit up Sam Williams and be like, look, we can we can give you a starting role here. Let's let's discuss some sort of a buyout. I, I think he he looked really good. Yeah, but what happens when Caesar or 
the other fella go down. Ricky needs a backup. And that's what I think Canberra probably won't opt to do that because they don't want to strengthen another team and they also want to keep him as a backup plan. Who knows? It could be just one year of that and Sam Sam wants to move on to another club in 2017. But, God, he, he looked good. And, I again, like I think that clubs should be asking questions of trying to acquire him. I've got to ask you the question, Schnaz, about Ben Barber. Yes. He looked all right. He looked good. He looked pretty good. Look, he did look pretty, pretty good. But as I've um, discussed with a few other Sharks fans, he looked pretty good in a nine-a-side, <laughs> nine-minute-a-side game. So I want to see him play regularly, and I want to see him play long minutes, which we'll see this week of the trials. He looked good. Absolutely. He looked sharp. Uh, he looks fairly lean. He could probably lose a little bit more weight, but he looked fairly lean. I don't know where he is in my starting 17, but he's got to be there. You, you can't have him out of the 17, and he, if he's going to be on the bench, then he needs to play. He still needs to play 40 minutes. So it's a, it's a tricky one, but he looked good. So he went out in the ninth and went, geez, I might not be in the 17 this year. Mm. This is an opportunity. I know that Cronulla have got a few trials, and we'll touch on that in the um, latter part of the podcast, but I think he saw it as an opportunity to impress. And he played really well. And, and like we've touched on the last 15, 20 minutes, it's nines. It's nines. There's an extra four players on each team in the, in the NRL. So, But, you know, we're getting excited about something that happened on the weekend. It's rugby league. It's the unofficial start of the season. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see these trials roll out. Some of these players get to play 13 aside. It's going to be exciting. When you have a tournament that is nine aside... There's going to be some hijinks. There's going to be some more serious stuff. I know you made note of a few things. So in the second lot of games on Saturday, the Roosters are playing the eventual winners, the Eels. Braith and Astor's put over a field goal. Field goal in nines is one thing, but they were up 11-10. A good play in the sense that they would have probably grinded, tried to grind out the win. <laughs> but eh, Sean Kenny Dow has done it again. Oh. He stood... About two, maybe three metres offside off the kickoff and given away a penalty from halfway. He's given Parramatta the win. We should get SKD to present the trophy yeah. to the Eels. Congratulations. Here's the premiership for the Nines. Well done. Now, not so funny is Trent Barrett and his injury count, which was horrendous. Jake Travojevic getting a concussion mm. on what I deemed to be a tournament-ending penalty from Conrad Hurrell. Jamie Bura, I think he's broken his jaw in a tackle. And Jaden Hodges, I think, in tore his ACL in a non-contact play. So Manly were down quite a few players. They had an extra guy over there, Dylan Kelly. Tournament organisers said they can't use him, and Trent was livid. And I, I was watching the quarterfinal, I think it was, and Tom Travojevic didn't, went over his ankle yep. on a play. And I was like, you can't possibly lose a fourth person. The flexible man he is, he must be going down doing uh, some yoga or Pilates. He, he got back up and started running within a couple of minutes. Potentially could have been a real costly tournament for Manly. But look, I, the emer- like Matt Parcell looks like he's going to be that hooker. So Jaden Hodges' loss isn't going to necessarily be felt throughout the year but I think people were saying that there was a, a lot of injuries over the course of the tournament there really wasn't it was all manly players that were coming <laughs> in, apart from Munster but 
yeah, there was a few other injuries and like getting back to the Conrad Hurrell situation. Yeah. He his yeah, that's his that's twice now he's caused some serious injury and I think it is a concern and there's no one saying he's doing it on purpose to hurt anyone, but it's obviously in his style of running and I think that the NRL really need to come down on this and say, look, either you change your style or maybe go play somewhere else because you, you can't be knocking out blokes left, right and centre by just doing hit-ups. Yeah, and it's it's concussion again. It's it's one of the injuries that the NRL has really tried to stamp out of the game uh, as much as they can. You know, it, it is a contact sport, one of, one of the biggest contact sports in the world. There is going to be the inevitability that there will be concussions, but... This is a – you can't tell Jake Trevojevic to change his tackling style. No. It's the knee lift. It's making contact. I, I think they've got to really look at it and, and stamp it out. It's something that really is going to be detrimental to their games. And, look, if, if you get suspended last year for breaking your boy Anthony Tupo's jaw, then why isn't he being – told that these tournaments are over in the nines when he's doing the exact same thing, yet it's yeah. a different injury. I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a tough one in that, again, it's not on purpose, and yeah. you're talking about a guy's livelihood, but then you're talking about the guy getting injured's livelihood as well. So it's, yeah. it's definitely something for them to look at. But as soon as I saw it, I just thought, oh, not again. This is ridiculous. And I hate to say it, but, Shnaz, um and the Supercoach fans will probably be thinking about this as well. I look back on the last two seasons of uh, Josh Jackson and Liam Fulton, guys that uh, got early season concussions and then just the slightest bumps to the head were causing them to miss minutes. I hope this doesn't happen with Jake, but look, this is something about a head injury. Uh, there's something to do with a head injury that, yeah, Hurrell has done it in February, but this is going to be a sustained problem throughout the year for Jake if it is a bad concussion, and we won't know until he does cop another knock on the head. And that's the unfortunate thing. It's like a little grenade. We are NFL fans as well as we've told everyone, and there is a movie out, I believe, this week called Concussion, dealing with this serious issue about concussion in sport and the ramifications on the lives and the lawsuits. And I'm telling you, the NRL is not too far away from that kind of thing either. And I think the NRL is aware of it. I would imagine if Harrell or Qatar do lift their knees again, they will have a lengthy suspension. They can't keep doing that. They really need to be consistent about, and they're not being consistent. And that's where the problems, you know, we're going to see something later on down the track of a player getting in the head and they'll be like, oh, well, yeah, he's suspended for eight weeks. But it's like, well... You haven't done the same thing with this exact same event earlier in the year. I hope they do look at it. Number four in this game of his opening Brooksy, all rugby league fans, players, coaches, administration staff, they all hold their breath during the preseason because we know injuries can happen at any moment, whether they're crossing the street to the stadium or they're playing a trial match. There's something about getting injured before round one, though, that's even more tragic. And there have been some injuries already. Can you run me through some of them, please? Boyd Cordner, go down in training with a torn peck. How does that make you feel, being Boyd Cordner's biggest fan? Yeah, it is disappointing. He 
He has signed for two more years with the Roosters within the last week or so. It's been an up and down week for him. Um, as a fan of Cordner, I yeah, it's disappointing to see that he might be out for the first month or so of the season. Three months is, I guess, a good situation for Boyd compared to other inju- uh, other pec injuries. Are you telling me Boyd Cordner could be out for three months? That's what they're saying. They're saying three months for Cordner. Um, okay. So we'll see if that stretches out. I, I probably think that that's a best-case scenario estimate. Uh, this could be an interesting situation for the Roosters in terms of like seeing what they can do with that roster position for the first six to eight rounds of the season. And there was also a couple of other injuries. Um, Schnaz, there was uh, or the main injury was for the for the St George Lord Dragons. One of our props that we recruited, he had some size. Mossy Masoy did his ACL in a training, so he'll be out for the season. Wow, so you're down a prop, eh? They were running a bit low in the front row. He's going to be hard to replace. He's a, he's probably the biggest guy in the team. So Russell Packer again will be looking to probably cement that row that position in the front row I think they can probably play Mike or well Mossy wasn't going to start but um, they're probably going to have Mike Cooper and uh, Lisa Armour probably play a few more minutes up front to cover that and probably run an extra like we're very the Dragons are very deep in the back row um, and the other injury it's the effects of a previous injury Brett Morris who had surgery on his knee is who is likely to be he was likely to be in the team in round one. Looks like he'll miss the first four weeks um, of the season uh, with complications from his knee, knee surgery. Okay, so that's some pretty significant stuff there. Have to give Canberra another set that starts on the 10-metre line. Away goes to Austin. Nice pass out in front. Oh, put the cloak uh, of invincibility on him. He is on absolute fire. Four tries in just over a game for Austin. So, Brooksy, there were trial matches on the weekend. Aside from the Nines, there were trial matches. I believe your beloved Dragons had a victory. Their first so, win for the year. So, as we mentioned, we lost Mossy and we lost three Auckland Nines games. So, it was good that we got one back <laughs> against winning them. So, we were one and four for the week. Good hit out for the boys. Uh, so, I sound like I'm doing a Dragons podcast, a Dragons Den. I think you mentioned the last. The Dragons Den, yes. Welcome to the Dragons Den. But yeah, it was a good, good win. It sounded like they played well, and also the big one from the weekend was that the Panthers took a trial up to Port Moresby and played in front of fifteen thousand fans at their new stadium up there. That is awesome. Seguiaro, last tackle, John with a chip, ran into the back of Falloon, took the dive. That's not forward. I thought deliberately. He's away. Surely they can't stop Selman. He's got a big enough lead. He's into the straight at Flemington, and they'll win the cup. Zilman gets home for the Titans. So, yeah, a signing that happened today as of Thursday. Yep. Joseph Tappanane has signed with the Canberra Raiders for 2017. 21 days out from the start of the 2016 season. Yeah, I don't like it, Brooksy. I, I think that it just creates so much controversy and and sort of bad will and we saw James Maloney do it a while back from the Warriors to the Roosters and handled it okay but I don't know is it really necessary? Look I absolutely hate it. I hate that a player has already decided where he's going to go the next season before he even starts playing a game. I'm pretty sure Tapane was at the Knights at the, at the Knights playing for the Knights. 
it's not cool. Like it, it's the one thing that I really hate about the NRL is the transfer system. The Knights fans on Twitter were going off today, caning this young man who's made a decision based on financial reasons. I believe Canberra's offer was somewhat too good to refuse. Yeah. Um, the Knights fans were just asking for his head to be locked off, you know, pretty much. And I understand the fans going through that. They're already losing players. It's, it's not fair to the fans, as I said before, and that's a perfect example of what you're saying. They're taking it out on this young fellow who is only doing what's right for his career. And, you know, if you reverse the situations, if other people were offered a higher profile position with more money, would they necessarily stay where they are? It's a personal decision. The pressure it puts on the player from the fans is is not fair and it's they've got to do something about this. It's You cannot sign for a club before the season has even begun the year before. So there's, there's issues right across the board. Like, what do the Knights do? I, I believe Nathan Brown came out a few weeks ago because this has been something that's been going on for the last few weeks, whether he's going to stay at Newcastle or go to, or take the offer from Canberra. And I think there was some talk that Nathan Brown said if he did go, if he did sign with Canberra, he'd be playing Reggie's. Yeah, but what if it was a top-line player? What if it was Jared Mullen? Is it the fact that he's a bit younger and a bit more replaceable that that's why they're saying it? Definitely, and I think that's... That's something. That's the leverage that the player would hold over the team. Like you, you know, the Warriors played Maloney that year. I remember him having a knee injury that year prior to going to the the Roosters, and I was Correct. like, "Are they really riding him because he isn't <laughs> going to be there next year?" Like, I know you wouldn't want to play an injured player, but you know that's the stuff you have to consider. He is under contract at Newcastle until um, something changes. Who's to say that they might make a decision? Uh, you know what? We'll just roll him out there, you know, with a busted shoulder or whatnot, and he can play twenty, thirty minutes, and we'll just get him to cut the ball up, you know. And like that's and and that's the due diligence I think Canberra have to make when they do make a signature like this for a year in advance. It's a business. It's a billion dollar business, and they keep talking about how the fans are the most important thing in a game, but it's not true because of things like this. It's you know, true. if some little kid in the Hunter region has a Joseph Tapin jersey, and then he's got to get rid of it because he's going to Canberra the year after next. Imagine explaining it to, like, your, your son or your daughter. Where's he going to Canberra? Oh, but he's playing for us <laughs> this year. Like, yeah, you would be getting some questions from your son or daughter about that. Look, it's something, another thing the NRL has to look at for future seasons. I think it's unfair on everyone involved, and it, it just needs to change. Every other sport has some sort of transfer window that has respect, and it actually somewhat works. It's not going to be 100% right, but, look, this is something that's not okay. It needs to be fixed. So speaking of things having to change and be fixed, Brooksy, this weekend the NRL are rolling out a few rule changes, which is a good time to do it, to experiment with things that may happen for the rest of the year. I believe one of them is uh, the old play the ball. Now, my only thing about this, which is quite a popular theme, is is it going to be scrutinized for three weeks and then forgotten about? Because we've seen that year after year. Only time will tell, Schnaz. 
Mm. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, yes, it's all well and good to have this, but it's it's good to like come out and go. We're going to change this. And we're going to change that. But it's the consistency of doing so. Yeah, and that's something. There'll be something else in a couple of weeks that they'll be targeting. You're exactly right. They need to make sure that this happens throughout the year. I am happy that they're looking at stopping the wall forming before the field goal goes over. That's exciting for me because that, for me, the whole field goal and extra time scenario is really not a fair system. They don't referee it very well. The players defending are usually offside. The attacking players form the wall. It's just a mess. It's refereed differently to the previous 80 minutes. Yeah. And that's, and that's the ironic thing about Golden Point. I think that you know, after 80 minutes, these two teams play an amazing game, but then we're going to throw some of the rules out for the last 10 if you do get 10 minutes. Let's, uh, let's just get this out of the way because I don't know if we've discussed this. I'm anti-Golden Point in regulation season. Are you pro or against... See, I either way, I'm not fast. I, I don't mind the draw, um, but yeah, so like I like the excitement of Golden Point. Okay. The fact you've got like bonus football, like okay. it's, you know, like I obviously, as I've mentioned before, I'm a basketball fan and love overtime. Some overtimes can be a bit tedious, but with fouls and, and stoppages and stuff, that rugby league if. If they can sort of work it out, I think it could be to the benefit of the fans and the game itself. It does promote some amazing finishes, as we did see in the grand final, and we have seen in previous finals. Remember, the Roosters-Tigers game was one. I think Sean Kenny Dell actually scored a try this time. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's something that I think you've got to take the good with the bad. And, yeah, there is some moments in Golden Point that are bad, but yeah, it can it can provide some of the great highlights of, of seasons. Now, is there any more rules coming in? The old shot clocks. Ah, now we discussed shot clocks last week, didn't we? The dropout and the scrums that are the main ones, Shnaz. So yeah. there'll be 35 seconds for a scrum and 30 seconds for a dropout. Going back to the nines, there was a new rule in the nines, which was the free play yep. on a... I think three people took advantage of it the whole tournament. So <laughs> there might be some teething issues for the six games that are, or seven games that were on this week uh, weekend. So we'll see how it goes. Most exciting thing for me is the bunker system is coming into play this weekend. Yeah, we'll see how this bunker goes. I don't know if it's the best thing, if it's going to make things quicker. <laughs> remember, I remember Brandy was talking about it last season when he popped into the department. Uh, popped into the stats department last year, and uh, it sounded like they were anticipating it being called up to the bunker uh, when they were trialling it, and they rolled out the vision quite quickly. So who knows? It could be beneficial. I can see some moments where it's just going to take a few views to watch and people will be, like, looking at their watches, looking at their phones. People will be on level four of Candy Crush by the time the decision roll around, rolls around. I believe they've spent a lot of money on this and I hope it's ready to go when it's go time because the press are going to kill them if it's not. Uh, I'm all for it as long as it, they do get the right decision. You know, I, I don't care what it takes, to be honest. If it takes longer, I'm not one of those guys that just, you know, fires up and says, oh, but, you know, the game used to be so quick and it's like, be quiet. Do you want the right result or not? Certain media people will say, oh, well, 
let's keep the game fast and you can live with some of the wrong decisions. But yeah. that's not true because when it happens to your team or your club, you can't handle it. And I'm going to bring up an example which we sort of skimmed over in a nine section, Schnaz. You thought you got away with it. I was watching Saturday and it was and it was free-flowing. It was really good. And, and one of our favourite commentators, Vossi, was talking about how good the in-goal touch judges were. And they were making decisions. They were spotting raccoons. Like, it was amazing. And then the biggest howler in rugby league history happened. Was it that or was it the fact that a champion young player named Chad Townsend did not give up the fight and chase down... Khalifa, Fire, Fire, Lower, whoever the hell it was, and stopped the try. The ball was in, you know, it was John McEnroe style. It was in, it was a five-pointer. It was like an 11-point swing on the game, and your Sharkies got the win over the Dragons because of a howler from an in-goal touch charge. You can win round two in round two, Brooksy. Robson to Bird. Bird over to the 10. Gets it away to Beal. Catch pass, Lewis, and a try for Holmes. Valentine has scored I'm happy with on the eastern sideline. Happy? Just beautiful rapid-fire attack from Cronulla. So, Brooksy, in our last little segment here on this episode of The League Life, which I'm loving, by the way, and thanks to everyone for listening in, we have seven trial matches happening this weekend. I've got my eye on Sunday afternoon, but we'll get to that. What do you got for us? So we've got six games on Saturday, as mentioned. We've got the Bulldogs and Penrith out at Pepper Stadium. We've got Melbourne and the West Tigers up at the Sunshine Coast Stadium. We've also got Parramatta and the Gold Coast playing out at Alice Springs. So the Northern Territory gets a game this weekend. And then we've got the other half of the Titans squad will be playing the Warriors in Kwangarei in New Zealand. And that is televised on Fox Sports? Yes, it's 3.30 on Fox Sports 1, which will then be followed by the Dragons up against the Rabbitohs in the Charity Shield at 5.30 at ANZ Stadium, again on Fox Sports 1. And then following that on Channel 9, we'll have the All-Stars game from Suncorp Stadium, the Indigenous All-Stars taking on the World All-Stars, which should be a good game. That's awesome. So you get three games of footy live on Fox and Channel 9. That's great. Yes, and then on Valentine's Day, Sunday, yes. all Cronulla Sharks playing the Mount Moringa Seagulls at Ramonda Stadium. Well, it's not called Ramonda Stadium anymore, Brooksy, so you're going to have to get oh. that out of the vocabulary. It's just Shark Park for the moment. What's happened there? No, so Ramond- <laughs> it, it, it's this big scandal. Is it? It's a huge scandal. Ramonda, I believe the deal just ended amicably and they haven't renewed for the money that the Sharks wanted, and so the Sharks are looking for a new ground sponsor. Uh, but at the moment, they're just sticking with the traditional, somewhat traditional Shark Park. Good stuff. Well, you know, we've talked about this, like, off-air, about some of the ridiculous names of stadiums across the world. One three hundred smiles. Come on, Cowboys. You need a new sponsor now. You've won the title. Who? It's a phone number, for God's sakes. <laughs> I'll tell you what's more exciting, Brooksy, is the fact that I can confirm that Valentine Holmes, my boy, is going to be playing on Valentine's Day. That's just wow. perfect. Again, like we talked about with the Nines, it's going to be some good. It's going to be a good opportunity for players to to show what they've got, especially with the TV games. All the fantasy owners are going to be. Uh either watching or recording the shows, of course, and watching them back and seeing who they're going to start with, who's going to be in their teams. 
Exactly. So there's there's so much, and this is what we touched on with the the streaming of the matches. You know, there's so many people that are keen, not just the fans of the clubs, but you know, people all around the league. And that's all you get. You you find that people are like, "Who's this Ignatius Parsi?" <laughs> yeah. Well, if you listen to our Gold Coast preview, we yes, touch on it. You know, like yes. <laughs> again, had to drop the previews in. Well, I want to drop something in right now, Brooksy, that the Cronulla Manly game is being streamed via the Sharks website, sharks.com.au. Myself and my good friend Adam Newman are going to be commentating on the game, which is a career highlight for me, shall I say. People can tune in from 5 o'clock. If they're not going to be at the game, they can tune in and watch the game live Sunday on sharks.com.au. Congratulations. Debut. Could be the, could be the first and last. We'll see how we go. <laughs> bit nervous, actually. <laughs> Getting ready. I am excited to see our, our mate, Brenton Lawrence. I'm very excited to see how he goes. Yeah, I guess he, he'll be probably playing with uh, Jake Travojevic, likely to miss out. Um, well, I, I can't imagine him playing this week mm. after the Auckland Nines concussion. But mm. let's, see, let's see how it goes. I, I, I was looking forward to potentially going out there, but I'll be unable to attend due to work commitments, but yeah. You can stream it and just have my audio decibel tones streaming via the internet rather than just down the hall usually, you know? Yeah, we. I'll definitely be putting that up on the, uh, the speakers at Fox Sports. Don't worry about that. So, Brooks, we've had a really great response from the punters out there. We appreciate everyone who's gotten in touch via social media and email. People can hear us on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud. The League of Life is what you're looking for, obviously. Yeah. How else can people get in touch on social media with us? At The League Life NRL on Twitter and the Facebook page, The League Life with Brooksy and Schnaz. It's been good. Thanks for all your retweets, your likes, your comments, particularly El McPherson. Thanks for the like. Yes. Life. Thank you, El, for making our dreams come we can, true. We can stop the podcast after this episode, Schnaz. Probably stop oh. living. I can't believe Peter Gow's daughter retweeted us. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you to everyone for getting in touch. We do appreciate it. And uh, it's the only way that we're going to get out there is by spreading, spreading the word. And we appreciate everyone doing it. If you want to keep doing it, we'd love you to keep doing it. So we do appreciate that. Brooksy, it's been my pleasure, as usual, to do this with you across the city. We're not in the same room, but we're across the city. Yep. There's been a few tech issues, so go easy on us with the with the feedback this week. Don't get too negative on us. We'll be back real soon, and we will be talking more rugby league and all sorts of other things that go along with that in our lives as statisticians, as people, as fans of the game of rugby league. Brooksy, Marcus, bye for now. See you, see you later.